That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Controversy at Anfield. VAR would never pop its ugly head while Liverpool ran out 3-1 winners over Manchester City this weekend. Man City find themselves in fourth place with the loss heading into the international break. Leicester City beat Arsenal 2-0 with goals from Jamie Vardy and James Madison, moving themselves into second place. Pressure mounting at the Emirates for Unai Emery. Is it time for him to go with the Gunners in sixth place? Behind promoted Sheffield United and a point above Manchester United. Chelsea got a 2-0 victory over Palace with goals from the American stud Christian Pulisic, his fifth in three games, and Tammy Abraham finds his name on the sheet as well. Manchester United won 3-1 over Brighton, a game that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said they could have scored six. And Spurs drew with Sheffield. 1-1. Sheffield could have scored the opener, but it had it ruled off by VAR. Hard to believe we all picked Sheffield to get relegated as they are in sixth place after 12 weeks. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Pissarro. We got a mid-afternoon Ghost Goal Pod recording. Alex Moss, Javier Revelo, along for the ride. Gentlemen, happy Veterans Day, and thank you to all who serve and protect our country. Happy Veterans Day, indeed. Thank God I get this day uh, off. Yeah, Andrew and I do not get this day mm. off, so happy Veterans Day, but we'll be working No, soon. I will be working. Um... I, I will be working until two in the morning. But Not spoiler alert: Sheffield could still get relegated. That could still end up happening. I mean, I know they're doing great right now, but we've seen teams do this well before. Promoted teams, uh, namely like Hull. Uh, we've seen like, I mean, at times we've seen Watford or teams that have been uh, in really bad form. West Brom randomly start the season really well, and you know, end up in the top five or six. In, coming into December and then fall apart in the second half of the season. I'm not saying necessarily that will happen with Sheffield, but they don't have, I don't think, a, a lot of squad depth. Um, and while they're, did they have any like first team depth? Did we think they had? Any I didn't first think they had first team depth, season? but now I've seen like they have a lot of good right. first team players. But I mean, I mean, I, I remember defending them, but the, the the length of my defense was like, "Hey guys, they're tricky. You know, they're not easy to play against. They'll still get relegated." Like I had no confidence either, but I was like, "They might be a little difficult. There might be a little like curveball." And I don't know. I mean, you're right; they still could fall off a cliff. Um, but I think a lot would have to go wrong uh, for them, and like everyone would have to really figure them out to some crazy degree. Why, why don't we? Why happen. don't we start there? They should have won this game against uh, against Tottenham. Like. Really, you want to start there? The yeah, weekend I mean, of get it out of the way. Let's talk, talk, talk yeah, shit. Get really? out of the way, and then you know we'll we'll get into the meat later. I'm, this was like the I'm last. I'm surprised game. Andrew this hasn't was... just like just started going off. About it's because it's because he, he's like calm. He's calm. Already. It's it's they 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 don't. He doesn't want to get ahead of himself, and I I understand. It's it's. No, it's a I mature response. Andrew's not just going in saying they're going to win the title. I already tweeted. I already tweeted yesterday. Like like. Of course, I'm fucking pumped that we beat Manchester United, but or Manchester City. But let me uh, let me pull my exact tweet. I am pumped about this win, obviously, but this is far from over. Liverpool still have to deal with a, with a busy winter schedule and go go to Qatar for the for the FIFA Club World Cup. Going to be interesting to see how Klopp navigates this, but a nine a nine point cushion helps. But it, it doesn't, you know, you don't win 
Premier League titles in November before the third. Also, they literally had a nine point lead in December last year, like end of December, and they didn't win the title. So it was like ten. Ten, right? So like ten point. But City had games in hand. Sure, sure. That's true. That was true. This is this is a different lead, and the other thing too. Manchester City have had. We're going to talk about Man City. We'll pull, we're going to push Tottenham aside here because everyone else has pushed Tottenham aside this year already. Um, yeah, that was, was pretty nice. Like that? I love it. Pretty nice. Yeah, you like that? That was yeah. I try. I try. You like that? You like that? Uh, look, Manchester City have had a, a flurry of injuries, um, namely at in two important positions. That positions that we said that if they, if they have. Injuries there, it's going to push them back. It's at center back and at goalkeeper. Claudio Bravo is a trash goalkeeper, officially. This week, like this game confirmed it. Like, I'm not saying he saves the Fabinho goal. Just the third. I'm not the saying third is the only bad one. The third is the bad one. But that was the icing on the cake. That was the if he doesn't let that in and Bernardo Silva scores that in the 78th minute and it's only 2-0, like they might come back and win that game. They had their chances. They just weren't clinical enough. Raheem Sterling has he still hasn't scored Aguero against us and in Sterling. What a, like, it's just like it's comical at this point because they're trying so hard to score, but neither of them can really like neither of them even really came that close. Like, yeah, it was. Uh, it, De Bruyne was still really good. He just everyone else just that say the second. That second Liverpool goal was my favorite Liverpool goal this season. And like, and like there's a lot of there's a lot of case for me should be saying the Fabinho just absolute laser in the sixth minute. But the Salah in the thirteenth minute, the Trent Alexander Arnold cross, pinpoint cross to Andy Robertson, Robertson's cross to Salah, who just boom puts it in the back of the net. That was that's Liverpool football right now. Like that's that's Trent to Andy Robertson to Mo is like that's that's what we've been building this team up to be. That was amazing. Um, and the Mane, Mane scoring a diving header just made me chuckle a lot. Like after, after the Pep Guardiola comments on Sadio Mane, sometimes he's diving, sometimes he's not. Yeah. The fact that he's like, that was, that was as good banter as Luis Suarez diving in front of David Moyes when, when, uh, he was Everton manager (laughs) that like, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed both of those things quite a lot, but, uh, look city were in this game a lot. Um, and Alex Oxley Chamberlain, who I wanted to start, definitely uh, him, his coming on definitely left the space for the Manchester City goal in the, the Bernardo Silva goal. Um, we should probably talk about the Fabinho goal and the VAR not happening. I was about to say, do I have uh, to be the one to bring up VAR? Cause I hate to be the guy, but uh, yeah. Um, before everyone like freaks out, like, Oh, it was a Trent Alexander Arnold handball. Like, like it was a lot also, of it, like confirmation afterward being like like those calls were correct like i think it was also bernardo silva i think there was like for that well no because the 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 pgmol who like rules on those decisions after the fact says that the bernardo silva handball doesn't matter unless it leads to a goal because it only led to a penalty they the that doesn't matter at all this is according to the like the officiating body they say that like it, it, like if the referee judges that it's a handball, then it's a handball. And I mean, Michael Oliver. Like I'm pr- pretty sure everyone would agree he's the best referee. Right. I trust him to, to have made those decisions correctly. League. He's looking yeah. right at it. He's looking right at it, and he sees it hit his hand. And you know, everything in slow motion looks like a handball. 
I, I don't really know. I, I think the the biggest uh, mess up on that play was just how badly City switched off after that. Aguero stops playing to to complain to the referee. The rest of the team just goes into this like shell shock mode of how did we not get that call? And then Fabinho's just unmarked at the top of the box, ripping it from outside. It's 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 an absolutely like unforgivable switch off by City, and they fully deserve to concede. And then I mean, the Salah offside after that. I think they tried to show some angles that he to say he was onside, but I don't think like for neutrals at least it didn't seem that convincing. Like there wasn't the same like d- attention to detail with the VAR like zooming yeah, in. Yeah, that the was two really bizarre. How they didn't do there like how only, they did it in the Sheffield game where they like took they four minutes, like, fifteen minutes to show right. it again. It took them fifteen and, like, minutes. It was really bizarre. I, I don't know. And, and, yeah, and, that was odd to me too. That I. <laughs> I don't know if it was because Michael Oliver was refereeing and they were just like, oh, he has, you know, he's our best referee. Let's just give him more authority. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it was odd, the use of VAR. Um, but I think in the end, I think we're Liverpool deserved to win. I don't think the way that Pep reacted after, right. like after the game and during the second handball, which was definitely not a, never a penalty, the second handball incident on, uh, on I think it was on right. Trent, right? Yeah, like it's never yeah, a penalty yeah. when the the you know it was just in his natural like form of his body near his near his um like you know he had his arms by his side. It's nothing you can do when the player just Sterling just like kicks it up onto his hand. And we were talking about that like before the season, being like, "Wow, with this new handball rule, are people players going to do that?" That's literally exactly what Sterling did. He like kicked it up onto his hand. So if they had called a penalty there, that would have been that would have been setting like a really dangerous precedent. So I'm glad they didn't. Well, that that was that was one thing that I did see online from City fans being like, "How is how is that not a handball?" But what happened in the Champions League final, a penalty? But I that like those are two different governing bodies of like VAR. Right. Yeah, they correct. are correct. Yeah. Like the like that's that's why like like also they're in not Europe has a consistent track record now that pretty much any hand in the box is either going to be called back if a goal is scored and an attacking player handled it. Um, which I think in England it's like that's lined up, but then on the defensive side of things, like it takes a lot for the Premier League uh, to overturn a defensive handball that wasn't given. While while it's in Europe, like you touch it, it so much as brushes the up, like some one side of your arm, like that's getting that's getting uh, given as a penalty. It's it's been I don't know if I would want it to go that far. So I mean, I I kind of sympathize with Michael Oliver and with Liverpool fans on this one for the first. Trent uh, Alexander Arnold uh, handball call, but I mean it doesn't get it doesn't get you away from the fact that if you looked at Manchester City's starting lineup like that back four you're, you talked about the injuries Andrew but just the fact that their back four is Angelino Fernandinho Stones and I think Walker was the right back with Bravo and goal yep I, I don't think any City fan would expect them to go into Anfield and and not concede like two or three with that back four. I mean, the way some of those players have been playing, even against worse opposition, like Norwich, like Wolves, some of the other losses they've had in the Premier League this season, it's uh, it, it's it would have been hard to expect them to keep Liverpool from scoring like once, never mind two or like two or three times. So um, f- from there, you needed the forward players to really take their chances. And I just thought uh, De Bruyne and... Uh, Silva, uh, sorry, De Bruyne, Aguero, and Sterling were like the main attacking trio up front, and they seemed completely disjointed from the rest of the team. It seemed like 
Bernardo Silva was an extra midfielder who was sitting in and like trying to help City win the ball back and be a bit more defensive. And whenever they'd win the ball back, it was pretty much just lumped up to those three. And it was just like, okay, De Bruyne, Sterling, Aguero, get something out of this for us. And they still managed to create like a couple of good chances, like De Bruyne and Sterling by themselves, like for Aguero. But it's like I feel like that's not City at their best. That's like a, a very different kind of Manchester City than than one that we've been uh, expecting of years late, where the entire team is just a well-oiled machine that can just pick you apart from any part of the field. So uh, it, it, it's not a surprising result, uh, but it's still a disappointing one if you're a City fan, especially to just basically lose lose it, like concede two goals in the first 13 minutes. That was awesome. We haven't seen anyone come back from that against Liverpool. When you get hit with a barrage like that at Anfield in a big game and at night, like that's you're not coming back. That's the end yeah, of the game, I, pretty much. It didn't happen to Arsenal except for Red Bull at Anfield, Leipzig. right? And I was like surprised that, that again, didn't not, happen, a, not a big game. Yeah, I'm surprised that Arsenal and City lost by the same margin at Anfield. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, it was actually they were kind of similar games in the sense of like you know Arsenal had some chances and. City had some chances, but Liverpool, I think, firmly deserved to win both games. And I think that kind of like, I mean, we both thought, Andrew and I definitely, I mean, Alex, you you called for a draw, right? Or did you say, uh, what was your... In this? I don't know what I, I don't know what I, I don't think I gave okay. a prediction. I, I, I remember saying that you should stay away from this. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think, like, the way that Liverpool won this too, just like a com- pretty comfortable win in the end, um, City never really made it that uncomfortable and... Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm uh, I'm now a believer. Like I think Liverpool are obviously going to win the title. I, I I am convinced of that now. But um, we're twelve yeah. games in. I, when they had the ten I'm point hopeful, lead, they were yeah, yeah, I know. In. But it's uh, yeah. I don't know. It feels different this time. It feels like this is this is what they want. They want the title this year. They're not. They're the they're, they're like in the Champions League. They've already had like you know they lost to Napoli. They've. They've had some like you know um, some crazy games with uh, with Salzburg and stuff like that. So I, I, I I'm thinking that they're not going to be as focused on the Champions League this year, and and maybe not even the, uh, the this this thing that they're going to in December. The uh, what is it? The FIFA Club World Cup or whatever. I don't know if that's uh, that's going to be on yeah. their minds. I think they're really going to be focusing still on the Premier League. So um, don't be surprised if they play you know Rian Brewster and all of those guys at. Uh, well, that's that's the problem here. That like that's the whole issue that they have is that they're literally going to play Aston Villa in the League Cup one day, and then the next day they have to play against whatever fucking team is in the Club World Cup, and so they can only bring so many players to each competition. And it's like, are they just gonna play the kids? Are they just gonna play the U twenty threes in the League Cup and like play Rian Brewster and Divac Origi in the League Cup and like rest Salah and Mane or what like I still have no idea how they're going to handle that that's going to be a fucking disaster I'm not looking forward to it and uh I mean they're also changing that competition like they changed the rules Liverpool have to play in it next year because it's like if you've won that they're expanding that competition if you've won the Champions so League in so many recent years you now have to appear in that in that competition same with Europa League they're just, they're, they're yeah. like busting it out to be like 16 teams or something yeah 100% and it's like it sounds like a great idea but you're only adding more stress to a team that's trying to win like a domestic title but speaking of squad depth, the, the rumor, internet rumors are, are hot this morning that Ryan Frazier could be joining Liverpool in January because his contract's up at the end of the year and they may go into Burnley and basically tell Burnley, hey, like... You mean Bournemouth? We'll let you... 
Yeah, we'll go to Bournemouth. We'll go to Bournemouth, and we'll let them sign Harry Wilson. Like, make that like a complete transfer. But we'll just take we'll just take Ryan Fraser. That sounds now. terrible, considering Ryan Fraser has been dog shit this season, and Harry Wilson has been like probably their yeah, why second you best just take Harry player. Wilson back. Yeah. <laughs> I would just be like, because, fuck Ryan yeah, Fraser, give me Harry Wilson. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I like the idea of of Klopp and Ryan Maybe. Fraser though. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there is the it, idea it that uh, Frazier's been unhappy and that he just hasn't been performing because he was trying to leave this summer, and you know, he he's not getting paid the wages that I'm sure he thinks he deserves. That's a great attitude. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's move to a team that's second place in the table, and that would be Leicester City, who got a two 0 victory over Arsenal. Jamie Vardy in the 68th and James Madison in the 75th. Uh, this game took a lot longer than I expected it to take. I will, I will say. And the line moved. It was at minus one hundred five. It was my, it, minus one ten. It took longer for Leicester to, to, like yeah, to get into the for... lead. Um, and like we still had chances. Yeah. I mean, it was. <sighs> I'll say it was an improvement on the last few games, purely because we created chances. Just like from a from a purely optimistic point of view, that was an improvement on our last few games. But it was still dog shit. Like, it still wasn't good enough. We didn't score. Um, we definitely should have. We had a couple a couple of good chances. Lacazette should have scored in the first half. But yeah, I mean, overall, Leicester deserved to win. It wasn't like... It, it wasn't a surprise when they won. And their performance was really impressive. Like, both of their goals were really, really nice. And they created a lot of really, really good chances that... You know, Vardy, Pereira, Thielmans, Madison all could have had, you know, they all had half chances and could have scored on another day. So defensively, we were a little bit better than versus a very good side. We were we were we were pretty good with the five at the back. I'm glad that Unai was able to at least adapt to his, you know, diamond midfield that he's been playing this season. Um, but again, he tried to play Ozil in this game and it just didn't work. Ozil was, was absolute dog shit, was just a ghost the entire game. And, you know, when we didn't have the ball, which was actually pretty often against this Brendan Rodgers side, he was worthless basically. So yeah, it was, um, it was odd not, not seeing any changes until like the 80th minute either. He just kept the game the same, even though, you know, we, we, even when we went down one nil, we were only down. It was still like 15 minutes. We were down one nil. He just didn't make changes. He only made changes after we went down two nil. And it was like, OK, it's too late at that point. Why are you? You know, the, the, they didn't have enough time to make an impact on the game. So basically everything except the formation was wrong again for Munai in this game and playing Ozil. Um, I wish we'd seen Tierney instead of Kolasinic. Again, another another player who was absolute dog shit in this game was Kolasinic and Guendouzi as well. I mean, he's still young. He's inexperienced. Um, I think having Xhaka next to him was a positive. Like, And having Torreira maybe as someone who doesn't speak much English, probably can't communicate very much with Guendouzi, and they're both pretty young. It's, it's, a, it's a young and experienced midfield, and you could see that there were times when um, you know they were getting run over. So it's still a lot of problems. Uh, but I do like the formation change. I hope we stick with it and like improve in it. I think we worked a lot with the five at the back under Wenger with, with a lot of these players. Um, so it is something that we can play well and we have the players to play it. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And Leicester, I mean, I think Leicester right now are better than us. So I don't, I'm, it, it's going to take a lot of improvement from our squad this season to, to get to their level. It's a long season. I mean, 
we can definitely still improve. We have a lot of really good players, but it's not uh, not looking good right now. Where does where does the Yori Tillemans, Wilfred Ndidi, James Madison midfield rank in the Premier League? Depends what you want. Because is it better than City's gonna, midfield? I, say, I don't know. Like their best midfield? No, probably not. Right. So no, it's not better. It's not no, better than Liverpool's not. or City's. Well, well here's it, the they th- could be better than Liverpool. Here's the thing about Liverpool's. You, uh, Liverpool's, I think, is a perfect midfield to face a team like City. It's built with the express uh, consent of or intent of uh, beating Manchester City, and it's done that pretty well the last couple of years with like interchanging a couple of players. I mean, I'm a little biased. I think Chelsea's midfield and our depth is way better than uh, Leicester's. But if you put like, and the reason I would probably agree with you that like Leicester's might be better is because at least they have like a three they can they're confident in that they're going to be playing every single game. Chelsea, we have like five players that I would be like intrigued with like different combinations of those five midfielders. So it's it's uh, not Barkley, as defined, Bakayoko, but we have a little bit better depth. Uh... No, it's it's easy to say that neither of those players are anywhere near that depth okay. chart. Damn it! <laughs> um, but the, what, I, what I wanted to say about uh, the Arsenal formation, like, yes, it's definitely a step in the right direction, but the application of it seemed like completely misguided because what ended up happening with the wingbacks being pushed like so deep by Pereira and Chilwell uh, was that Lacazette and Aubameyang had to like tuck in like deep themselves and like help Kolasinac and Bellerin defend like all the overloads that were being created out wide because like Tielemans can drift out there too and there's obviously Perez and Harvey Barnes it was crazy how many overloads Um, they created with uh, Pereira and Chilwell it was insane and so when you have Lacazette and Aubameyang nowhere near like I mean to be honest they look more threatening than Manchester City right now like and to some extent Liverpool like I don't know it's crazy how how well Leicester are playing right now but what just what I wanted to finish with on that uh, on that Arsenal like tactical like formation sta- uh, standpoint was that having Ozil in the team theoretically that should be someone else and that someone else should be doing that defensive work. But because you have Ozil, you basically have to require Lacazette and Aubameyang to become like half midfielders, half uh, strikers, and they don't have the fitness or the work rate to do it like week to week. So you're basically like the old adage with Ozil is you're basically playing with 10 men when you don't have the ball. And in a game against a team as good as Leicester, you can't afford to play, be playing with 10 men for that long. So, I mean, there was only ever going to be one winner when you saw that Ozil was starting. And I just, I need Arsenal fans to understand this, that like Mesut Ozil is not like your magic ticket out of being terrible. You have to find a way to make these other attacking players work without Ozil in the team. Sure, save him for Europa League, save him for Cups or whatever. And you might even drop out of those with him playing and then you'll really understand. But if you can't, don't understand it at this point, then you deserve to have your team be absolute shit because Ozil is not the answer. I wholeheartedly agree. Oh, yeah, I'm not even saying you, Javier. I'm saying I've just been seeing more from Arsenal fans. Like, we need to play Mesut Ozil. Yeah, I know. Like, no, they need to shut crazy. the fuck up. You should bring back Wenger right. while you're at it. How about that? Wenger into Bayern. Wenger to Bayern. All right. All right, let's jump over to the Chelsea game. They got a 2-0 victory early on Saturday morning. Tammy Abraham in the 52nd and Pulisic continuing his hot streak in the 79th. Alex? That's the lead-in. Alex? Yeah. <laughs> Alex, just again. go. Just gush. You're pool of God. <laughs> no, that's not where That's not where I want to take this America, at all. America, Veterans Day, top to scorer. Preseason. When we were talking about uh, 
when Andrew, you asked me which of the Academy players are you most excited for this year, and my answer. And you said Reese James. I couldn't, well, I couldn't decide between Calum Hudson Odoi. By the way, Alex didn't I, I watch this game, guys. Hudson Odoi was. Alex did not injured. watch the Chelsea. Game. I watched it last he night. Missed, missed the uh, Reese night. James debut. You know, man, calling you sometimes out, Andrew's right. You get in at three o'clock in the morning and you set alarms and you, you just don't wake up. I woke up the, at 730 willing, to watch this game. Is... I text start texting Alex being like, ah, Alex, like, are you awake for this game? It's Chelsea. Reese James is starting. And I'm just like, what? You're not even watch. I'm going back to sleep. Like, fuck this. I ended up watching most of the game, though. Yeah. Chelsea are they're really good. They're, this is this is the game. Yeah, I, I realized you guys are better than I got us. home. Wow, it took, it took you this, me this long. long. Crazy. Now I'm just like, you guys are just better than us. You guys just beat Crystal Palace very soundly here. Like, yeah, pretty, pretty easily. easily. But yeah, I want to talk about Reese James because he's had a really, probably his biggest week in the senior team uh, so far. He's had like cameos here and there. He started a Champions League game at Lille and got taken off like at halftime. Um, but last week he scored the equalizer against Ajax and he came on at halftime for Alonso and was one of the best players on the field. And then uh, he starts this game with Aspilicueta getting like a rest for the first time in like what feels like forever. And he's pretty much just matched up man-to-man 1v1 with Wilfred Zaha. And, you know, Zaha got the better of him sometimes. He got the better of Zaha a lot more times, I feel like. And he was dangerous getting forward. He could cut inside with the ball at his feet and like almost become another midfielder. It's crazy I, how I composed like he is. what his like for, ceiling for like is. how young his age. Yeah, he looks exactly. Like, he's kind of like Trent. I feel like what his ceiling... Bit. His, well, that's that's his, exactly his where I'm going with this. His ceiling, attacking-wise, I think is like 80% or 75% of what Trent Alexander-Arnold's is. But I think he's going to be a better defender. Alexander-Arnold's kind of like already a, like a, a Trent and an Aaron Wan-Bissaka hybrid. You like that, Alex? Exactly. You like that? The, he, he's the best of yeah, both. He's, 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 he's a really, really unit. good player. I'm just, I was watching him and I was like, that was really the reason why I was watching Chelsea because I was compelled like to watch him play. And yeah, he was really good for, especially for his like first Premier League debut. So, but I do want to say one thing about Chelsea is for as much praise as they're getting and they deserve right now. Um, and Frank is getting a bunch of praise. He just won manager of the month last month, um, which is like awesome for, you know, someone who's only, you know, been in the Premier League for that two three months, yeah, that, that, that's amazing. They have already won Manager of the Month. Congrats to him. Um, but but we've been playing no, shit teams. N- not only I that, but um, but really the mark of a of a good manager and what I've seen um, has dictated whether you can be a good Premier League manager or not is when your team actually does go into a rut or when you get injuries and problems happen, how you dig your team out. So that's where. You know, right now everything's going well. Everything's rosy. Great honeymoon period for Chelsea. Well, that's Chelsea. good because we already did that. No, you guys haven't. <laughs> we already overcame injuries, and we you already guys haven't came gone into the like first a rut, five though. games in the season without winning. No, I'm, we we didn't win our first five games, Javier. That's a terrible run for for a start to the season for Chelsea. That's. I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to happen again. It will happen again, and I agree with you. We'll we'll need to see how he reacts, but. There's already been some pretty big problems losing 4-0 on the opening day, not having Angolo Kante for the vast majority. Or, or yeah, it's Antonio impressive Rudiger. that he's been able to deal with that. But I'm saying, let's see uh, you know, the business end of the season, which is December and January, where so many teams fall apart. So many good young teams that we've seen um, uh, start the season really well. I've seen a lot of Arsenal teams, young teams under Wenger, start the season really, really well. Um, be top of the table. Be be in the top two until December, until January. 
and then just completely collapse. So I'm, I'm curious to see if Frank can keep up the energy levels, can keep up the belief, can keep up everything in training throughout a full season, because right now it's going really well. Everything's good, but I've seen so much, so, so many times this fall apart. But, you know, obviously really good signs. Pulisic, everyone, there's so much competition in the squad. Everyone's back from injury. You really only need Loftus-Cheek now back. It's, it's the only, like, big one that's left. But Rudiger. Yeah, I, I think you don't you don't miss Rudiger, Rudiger that Rudiger's much right now, considering how well uh, Zuma and uh, Tamori are playing. So, I, Yeah, I mean more for, like, leadership. Like, a senior, and you another senior player I mean, you with got, a bunch you're of You're stacked on the center backs. You're, 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 you don't really miss Rudiger. But, yeah, sure. Also, Pulisic just keeps getting better and better. Yeah, he's like, scary, man. It, how great it's that? scary how, how, great like, how much like of a jump he makes every single game and how much more confident he gets. Like I I've completely had to like shift my like evaluation of what I think he can be. And now I kind of have like no idea like how good he can can be, which is a good thing. Hey, I was calling for him to be your top scorer for a reason. Well, that's Tammy, the first ever Academy graduate hey, to score 10 wait goals for in, the season, the, end of the, in season, the Premier okay. League for Chelsea. America will conquer all. Pool six is going to catch this up. This last there. weekend was the first time that uh, two Americans have scored since 2012. Um, it was uh, DeAndre Yedlin and uh, Pool six scored. So, yeah, America. Yeesh, America. The DeAndre Yedlin goal. That DeAndre Yedlin was goal nice was goal. fucking yeah, awesome, absolutely. too. We get some other American right, kids uh, in the league. Weston McKinney. It was, uh, Eric yeah. Lehigh yeah. and uh, Clint Dempsey were the players who scored in 2012. Eric yeah. Lehigh, oh, what, a, what a flashback! Eric Lehigh, there you go. Oh my god! All right, let's uh, let's let's talk about that Tottenham Sheffield game. I know we mentioned it a little earlier. The the most notable thing was the McGoldrick goal ruled off sides in the 62nd minute uh, that would have tied Fucking it up after him and Song opened var, the scoring in the 58th. Var, fuck var, fuck var. They've just been chanting that in the stadiums, like in every single game, and for like twenty minutes during this game after that goal, because that was bullshit. Also, Javier, I, Javier, I think it goes a little something like this: It's fuck the AR, fuck the AR, fuck the AR, fuck the AR, fuck the AR. All right, but like <laughs> seriously, like, like the spirit of the game has always been: if it's if it's like a fifty fifty call, you give it to the attacker. And this wasn't a 50... This was like... You can't even call that. It, after like five minutes, that you still couldn't tell if it was offside or not. So you give it to the attacker. You don't You don't try and find like the closest... And and what, what pisses me off about this is that they... In this scenario, it took them five minutes to find out, you know, if it was offside or not. In the Liverpool it one, it half. was like, oh, two seconds. All right goal like they didn't and they 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 tried all these different lines in this one to try and find different angles of offside like the shoulder the toe the knee the like you know every single angle possible and it's like i I think it's too much i think they like they took it way too far in this and i think sheffield were kind of robbed i think they deserved to win this game so tottenham were i mean thank god they didn't lose (laughs) if they had lost that would be even worse because they they still haven't lost uh away from home all season yeah they've got uh, one win and five draws which is very impressive away from home if they keep that up obviously they're not going to get relegated so should i venmo request var one dollar for screwing me out of winning 51 dollars because i bet on sheffield money line 500 to one (laughs) Yeah, send that to the FA offices in, uh, yeah. in England. <laughs> yeah, if anybody knows anybody who's got Venmo over at uh, over at the FA offices that I could request so that I could get my uh, 
So like I, I get my recompense here. Like all I want is my dollar back. Like I, I, t- I literally took a flyer and I, I texted my guy. I was like, I want one dollar on Sheffield fi- plus five hundred. He's like, I've never placed a one dollar bet before. I was like, Well, you're doing it right now. So, but yeah, <laughs> he probably should have turned you. Yeah, he should have been like, Listen, man, sack up and throw in a throw a tenner on it. <laughs> yeah, probably, but it is what it is. What more do we have to say about Tottenham that we haven't already said? On, I mean, like, the they're last, in trouble like, too, episodes? man. I don't, I don't understand what's. Uh, there, uh, there was a couple Tottenham fans at work that were uh, trying to tell me that they're coming back this week. They looked really good in Champions League. They destroyed uh, whatever that team was so that they destroyed. Um, Red Star right. Belgrade. But, I mean, yeah, I, I told you that this their, their Premier League struggles weren't uh, weren't gone, and that's why uh, I got my uh, my bet right on this one at plus three twenty. The uh, the Sheffield draw. I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, also because I saw Sheffield play last against Arsenal and they beat us, so I, I, it's it's not surprising that this team went to Tottenham, struggling Tottenham side, and and was able to get a draw away from Tottenham. Have not been good, just at all this year. Yeah, you you don't say. It's really uh, it's really <laughs> but, like worrying. I'm sure for for the players, they're probably not thinking of renewing their contracts. For the manager, he's probably thinking of leaving. I mean. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes? It's kind of like Arsenal, where it's really everything's really quiet in terms of like you don't really hear what's going on. I mean, it looks like the board's obviously. If you're if you're the board of Tottenham, you have to be behind the manager because he got you to a Champions League final last year. He brought the team to this point. There's obviously a lot of unrest from the coming from the player side right now. I think with Arsenal too. So obviously with Arsenal, I think the manager has a lot more to blame, and there's a lot less credit to be given to him. But with Pochettino, like you have to look at him still as, as a great manager who's just, he didn't really get everything he wanted this summer. Um, and players haven't re-signed contracts, right. mainly Ericsson and Ericsson's just been dog shit this year. Ali's not been good. Son's been underwhelming. Kane's been terrible, injured and terrible as usual. Um, as yeah, usual. he gets, he gets his stats pumped by penalties. I don't, I'm not, I'm not as convinced Dude, by the Kane Brahammer. That's your dumbest take by far, and it's completely fueled by the fact that you love Son. Like you shouldn't care this much about Tottenham players as an Arsenal fan. You should just not be invested. I'm in not them invested at all. in them. I just think that Kane's it's overrated. Like I I, it's like you're trying to distract he's yourself darling, from your own. And he's never fire. won anything. He can fuck off. <laughs> he's like 25 at this point. He's never going to win anything in his career anyway. He's going to go to Man United in a year or okay, two. Go get is, paid and just. Can I save shit. you from yourself, Javier? Come on, man. <laughs> Like, don't do this ah, to yourself. It's fine, it's fine. You're on the record right now. People can so pull you think, this up. So you think Kane's going to go? Where do you think yeah. Kane would go win stuff? If he went to uh, what? I don't want to get into it because it's all not right, It's not right. a conversation yeah, Tottenham's right Tottenham's not worth talking about anyway, are, so we should, we should just Tottenham as a team are playing anyway. terribly, so you can't expect their striker to do well with zero service. Like, the same reason Son isn't playing well. Uh, so Oh, I don't also, know. Obama also, still real, does well with zero service, you fuck. We could we could see Chelsea just decide to open up the pockets and go buy Harry Kane. Yeah, so if Chelsea tomorrow or in January or next summer were like, we want Harry Kane, he would never do it because he would never leave Tottenham. I feel like, but especially for Leicester, Leicester was just like, we're going to go big time. We're going to spend the Mares and the uh, they're going to spend 150 million on Kane. 
No, Javier, you know who I think Lester should go and get, and that's Wilfred Zaha. Oh, that would be that's, that's the move. That would be get get Iuzi Perez off that right wing and put and put in Zaha oh, on that right no. wing, and that's that's oh, a please problem. Please don't do that. Right? Don't don't say that. Mm-hmm. Please don't. No, no. Wow, it's even no. got a Liverpool fan shaking. This. No, I don't want that. <laughs> I, I don't have time for that. Like, no, fuck out of here. Like, it's, 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 I've only been awake for like two fucking hours, Alex. Like, I don't need this type of energy to start my fucking Monday. Like, please, what the fuck, bro? Uh, man, that, that would be fun. Right. I don't know if they'd do it, but well, actually, I, just one I more mean, thing a- on Tottenham. I know we're coming down to the, the wire here, but, um, Javier, those friends of yours who are Tottenham fans and said, all right, we're getting back on the winning run here. We beat, this Champions League team in midweek haven't watched watched Sheffield because anyone that's watched like even a couple of games of Sheffield United know that like that there's no easy game against them like I haven't seen any team just walk right but you know them. like Americans when, when they just look at like uh, like the schedule they're just like ah Sheffield pff, we're gonna we're gonna destroy that team right. that's that's like Red Star Belgrade in the Champions League like like they're probably better than Sheffield uh, um 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 hang on Javier you said the same thing. A, with Arsenal yes. about Sheffield, so you cannot that, fucking say like, <laughs> you you I will I will well, fucking yeah, pull I mean, the I tapes. Wanna, we shouldn't I have dropped the, the afternoon off, bro. I yeah, but like you can't make a blanket statement about just Americans like that. Well, that no, no, is no, just I'm saying, dumb I'm saying, Premier League fans, and there yeah, are dumb, dumb Premier League, League fans, UK, but it's like they're dumb like an Premier English fans. fan who watches, or or I mean, a Premier League fan who actually watches would would know that Sheffield isn't like that, but most. People who who are like casual fans of their team will just look at at the schedule and say, "Oh, Sheffield United." Like I don't know that team because they haven't been in the league. They're promoted. Or Sheffield at home. They exactly. Would just see they would just say, at and, home and, and, and oh, we're like win the, that one. And, and they're, the way fair, that Chelsea, they judge teams as being good or not most of the time is if they've seen them before. So like they see they think of like Everton or like even like Fulham, and they're like, "Oh, that that's pro- that's like a pretty good team because like they've seen them a lot around the league or something." But like or like or like. Or they recognize, or they recognize players. players exactly, like you know when McBride or like Dempsey or these players were on those teams. They think, oh, those are like or historic like good Premier League teams. But then they think Sheffield United, who hasn't been in the Premier League for like ten years, and they just think, oh, that's that's a complete shit team. You know, it's just it, obviously it's not it's not like uh, all Ignorance. all fans. It's a blanket. It's you know I was making a little bit of a blanket statement there, but um, I, I I've met a lot of people who are like that who just discard teams like Brighton, Sheffield, um, you know Norwich. Welcome to the Premier teams League. that they don't know, they've never heard of because they don't watch the championship. So, I think it's you got to be a little bit more of a hardcore fan to be following championship teams and you know go, go getting deep, as deep into it as we all do. So, well, lucky luckily for Tottenham, their first game back from international break is the Saturday seven thirty game. They take on a little team called West Ham United, who are are sinking like a fucking ship right now. So. Lost is he going to keep playing these league. like Lanzini, uh, uh, like just all attacking like midfield? Like he, Pellegrini's lost the plot. They might need to fire him. We we need, maybe need to start talking about that because they've spent a lot of money and there doesn't seem to be much improvement over there. Like in the last like year and let, a half, let them wait until Remember? after this uh, this Tottenham and Chelsea two games that they have <laughs> before uh, they fire him. You're like, no, no, keep Pellegrini in yeah, for yeah. a couple games. Just yeah, keep him around a little bit longer. Four or five nil, and then uh, and then fire him. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Last game that we should probably talk about is Manchester United's 3-1 victory against Brighton Pereira, a proper own goal, Dunk in the 64th, and Rashford in the 66th. 
Uh, I thought we kind of determined that United were back and then they weren't back and now they get a good win against a decent Brighton team and they find themselves kind of right back in the mix at the top of the table for that fourth place spot. I mean, not necessarily fourth place spot, but they are they are back in contention for fifth place, which is, you know, they were three points above the relegation zone, you know, a couple weeks ago. So, um I don't know if they're they need they have a nine point gap between them and Manchester City for fourth place. I would I, ten point gap between us and them. Liverpool have an eighteen point lead on Manchester United right now. You know what Chelsea Ask fans are saying? Ask me how that feels. Chelsea fans, like you can take that four nil win and you can shove it because you're ten points behind us now, bitches. I was um, say this is probably but, the best performance yeah. since that four nil uh, that United have put in. Um, I thought that I, I, I don't know. I thought they were really good this Go game. Ahead. I was I was like they easily could have scored five or six. Um, they had a ton of like they had over twenty shots. They had like fifteen or sixteen on target. Like they were uh, they were they were at it this game. They were really really dangerous and they were moving the ball quickly. Um, I thought this was the best game I saw Fred play in a, a Man United shirt. He was pretty much impeccable on the ball. Um, he was running the midfield dribbling, defending, spraying balls out wide. He looked like a proper midfielder and McTominay as well. I mean, the, that they've formed like a really strong partnership those two playing uh per, playing every game and they've looked to be improving. Marcus Rashford played really really well. He even though he missed some chances, like he easily could have had a hat-trick and looked super dangerous all game. Martial created like a half dozen chances. Literally he got two assists, but he could have had like three or four. Um and right. Daniel James as well. Daniel James is just an absolutely lethal attacker, just shoots incredibly quick, gets so many fouls. Um, like people just don't really know how to deal with him. And yeah, this team is uh, once Pogba gets back into the team, I think that's like the one place where they can improve is is that number 10 role that uh, Pereira played. He played pretty well, but you put Pogba in there and this team looks really scary. Actually, I was like thinking about it and Maguire looked good. Juan Bissaka and that kid, uh, Williams, that they played at left back, he's actually really dynamic. He's quick. He can whip balls in. He's not like Shaw. He's he's like a combination of Shaw and Young in that he's quick and he can actually cross and defend. And he can defend better than both of them, it seems. So, yeah, it's this this United side are kind of a, have a little bit of a new look. And I think when Pogba finally does get, get back into this team, um, they're going to improve a lot. And they could definitely make a, a push for top four. They're looking a lot stronger than they have in the last few weeks. And like I said, for me, this has been their best performance since that uh, Chelsea 4-0. So. But the, the question still remains about them against sides that can basically shut them out with a low block or like a medium block. Because I, I, felt, I feel a little naive uh, hinting that Brighton could go and even get like a win at United uh, in the preview pod last week. But I almost bet it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's probably a good thing you didn't because it's it's probably asking too much of Brighton with the players they have to go like away to a big team and actually win, maybe get like a draw like they did at Arsenal um, last season or or something like that. But they, they played perfectly into United's hands. And I, sh- I should have seen it, to be honest. I should have seen it from a mile away. Like Graham Potter, we've highlighted how he's been shifting them from the defensive style of Hewton to a more possession-based uh, attacking style. They're, they're trying to get the balance down right, but they just played right into United's hands, allowing them to create like wide-open ca- uh, opportunities on the counterattack. And whenever United face a team that's going to approach them like that, you, you'd probably fancy them to win unless it's against like a Manchester City or a Liverpool or someone like that. So um, 
yeah, that, that, as long as they're they're facing teams that uh, that are good for them stylistically, I think a lot of teams are going to try and fancy themselves to against United this games. year. They're going to think, oh, United are there to be had. Maybe we can beat them, and the games are going to be a well, little bit open. I'm just going to call open. it right now. First game back from the international break away, Sheffield. They're losing that game. Wow! All right, big call from Alex. Not really. <laughs> Because we've seen Sheffield do it to Arsenal. We've seen Sheffield almost do it to Liverpool. We've seen them do it now to Tottenham and, frankly, be the better team than Tottenham while playing defensively. So, yeah, I'm just saying I need to see this for like two or three weeks from United against different styles of team and not just at home for me to think that they can put like a consistent run together to get them back in like the top four conversation. No, it's definitely fair. I mean, they just lost last week. So, All right. I want a yes or no answer. Yes or no answer. To this question, we're not going to get into it because we've talked a lot today, and then I'm going to review our gambling picks. Leicester and Chelsea are officially in the title race, seeing as they're only eight points yes. behind Liverpool. Yes. No. no. Yes. Okay. It's November. That's um, the only no, reason. No, because there is no title you're not race winning yet. the title, and Liverpool is, so fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'll All say right. it. Just sorry. I don't even want to get into it, but like... I won't be like really on board the yes unless Chelsea beat Man City away in the next uh, game week, which I'm not confident of anyway. So that's a big one. But in this moment, right now, sure, why not? All right, picks from this past weekend. I gave you Leicester over Arsenal at plus 100. That hit. Alex gave you Chelsea Crystal Palace score drop plus 550. That did not hit. Javier got you the Sheffield. Yeah. Sheffield, uh, Javier got you the Sheffield draw at Tottenham at plus 320. I also fucked around with, uh, I took Burnley money line at plus 125. That hit. Uh, I also took Wolves, Aston Villa, Wolves result both to score. So that hit as well. So a three, three, nothing win, three, a win for weekend for me. Uh, a nice weekend for Javier. And, uh, I've been told, and I, t- I talked someone into betting Liverpool Moneyline on Sunday morning once I found out that Claudio Bravo was in net, which I did tell you to bet if that was the case on the podcast. Um, that same person has been texting me on Tuesdays and Wednesdays asking me for my Champions League picks, so I believe I'm going to start blogging those and or just throwing them up on IG with Ghost Cole, so follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ghost Cole Pod, at Andrew Pissarro, at ASMoss92, and at Javier Rev9. So that's a new conceded effort to just continue to put my my picks out there and get some page hits. So if you know a friend who doesn't want to have time to listen to the podcast but is looking for gambling picks, please send them my shit. I would appreciate it. Um, appreciate you guys listening. We may have more content coming over the international break. But that's all for today. And until next time, bye.